Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is December the 18th, and our chapter for today is 1 John chapter 2. Well, I just simply cannot go to chapter 2 until I finish up chapter 1 because it's such an exciting chapter, and it is the segue into chapter 2 because there's really not a break in the Apostle Paul's thought. In verse 5, John said, we have heard this message, this great word from God. We have again, we've heard it. It is still ringing in our ears, perfect tense. And we have presently declared it unto you and do that over and over again. And here's what we proclaim, that God is false. He is light. He is it is the word for light, light in its origin, light as it is expressed, and in him is no darkness, and it says at all. It means darkness, no, not. It's a double negative, which is there for emphasis. There is no darkness at all in him, no, not any. It's like Paul in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, where he says, there is none that do righteous, no, not one. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is no darkness in the Lord, none at all. Now, if we say that we have fellowship with him, the assumption is that we're not going to walk in darkness, that we're going to walk in light. If we walk in darkness and we say that we're fellowshipping with God, we're walking with God, then we have done nothing but deceive ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves. We are not walking with him. But if we do walk with him, we have fellowship with him, then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, all sin. And we experience that and we realize that we express that and we receive that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. How do we know that? Because we are walking with him. And if you're not walking with him, you have no assurance of salvation. You have no assurance of cleansing because you are walking in darkness. You're walking in a way that's displeasing him. And if you do that as a way of life, John will go on to say, then the Spirit of God is not in you. You're just deceiving yourself. You see, you and I are going to sin. We'll see that in chapter 2. We're going to sin. Actually, the expectation is we're going to sin because it's in the subjective mode. That is, in all reality and all expectation of reality, you will sin. You and I are going to sin. But as a way of life, no. As a habit of our life, no. As the mode in which we operate, no. Because the Spirit of God lives within us, and it is just contrary to everything the Bible teaches, that we live a life of sin, walking in darkness, doing our own things, stumbling around. That's not what God saved us for. He's given us joy, and we have fellowship with Him, and we walk in the light so we can see where we're walking by the light of Scripture. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. 
Now, if we say that we have no sin, that is presently, we say we don't have sin in our lives and we don't sin, we never sin, we are somehow oblivious to that, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, if we homo logeo, homo means same, logeo means speak, if we speak the same things about our sin that God does, if we say the same things about our sin that God does, which means we recognize it as sin, as rebellion, it's not anyone else's fault, we're not a victim, we receive it that we have fallen short, we've made our choices, nobody has caused us to choose anything, we have God's spirit living within us, we can choose to do right. If we say that we have sinned, we turn from that. That's what God says we need to do. We agree with him about that. We walk in the light. We live in obedience. The Bible says when we do that, not just naming our sins, not just admitting our sins, but agreeing with God about our sins. We say the same thing that he does about our sins. Homo logeo. If we confess Many times the old articles of faith that you'll read about in Christology and historical Christianity, they were called confessions. Why? It was something they all agreed on. These articles of faith, this statement of belief, it was called a confession of faith. There was a confession in New Hampshire. The Puritans had all kinds of confessions. There were early confessions. And you can read about these confessions of faith in a book by Lumpkin. You can just look it up and get it, and you can read about all these confessions of different denominations and different sects during the years gone by, especially from the Reformation onward. But these were called confessions. Why? Because they were agreements, what people agreed on. Verse 9 says, if we agree with God, if we homo if we confess our sins, we agree with him, then God is faithful. Pistos, he will be faithful every time. He'll keep his word. And he's just, he's righteous in forgiving us, discharging our sins. And he will catheterize us. He will clean us out. He will clean us up. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, if we say that we have not sinned, that is perfect tense, that there is no sin in us, we've not sinned, we did not sin with the effect of it still being with us today, then we make God a liar because he said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and his word is not in us. Then this term of endearment, my little children, my little born ones, these things I write unto you that you sin not. The whole goal of the Christian life is to be like Jesus and live sin free. But he says, if anyone sins, this is a sentence that is a particular condition that assumes it's going to happen. If anyone sins, we have an advocate, a parakletos, one that's called alongside to help. That is one who will stand in for us, one that will object to the accusations of Satan. Because have we sinned? Yes. But do we have a righteous one? Now, that's what it says. Notice the emphasis. If any one of us sins, the assumption is we will, we have a defense attorney. We have a parakletos. We have one who will come and stand with us as a defense attorney who is this? Well, he is Jesus, the Messiah, the Christos, the anointed one, the righteous one. Jesus Christ is synonymous with the righteous one. That is, he lived a perfect life. Can we be accused of sin in our lives? Yes, every one of us. Sir, ma'am, as you listen to this, you're a sinner. You say, no, no, I'm a saint now. No, you're a sinner. The Apostle Paul at the end of his life said, I am the chief of sinners. If he said that, certainly you and I are. And God says, when we sin, the idea is that we will sin. 
not a lifestyle of that, but we will sin. We have one who stands beside us who never sinned. He's totally righteous. After all, it is his righteousness that he gives to us, clothes us in his righteousness, imputes it to our account, reckons it to our account, puts it on our account. And because of that, you and I can stand before God righteous, not in our own righteousness, but clothed in his righteousness. Verse 2 says, and he himself, oh my goodness, he himself is a propitiation. Now, the word propitiation is the word helasmos. Helasmos is that offering that was given and taken into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, the day of covering, the day of atonement. That's called the helasmos. Now, according to Romans chapter 3 and verse 25, Jesus is not only the helasmos, but he is the helasterion. You see, those two sound very much alike, helasterion and helas. Mas, Hilas Mas here in First John chapter two is the very offering itself, the blood of the offering. The Hilasterion, that is the place of the offering, was what was called the mercy seat in English. It's not mercy seat, that's the English translation. The word is Hilasterion, the place where the atonement is made. It is the lid that covers all of that which was on the inside, which was broken. Not that what was on the inside was broken, which at one time, according to Hebrews chapter 9, held the rod of Aaron that budded. It held the pot, golden pot of manna that God had given from heaven and the law. None of those were bad, but the experiences that the children of Israel had with the law, what they do, they broke it before Moses ever came down. And he then broke the tablets. God had to write two new ones that had those 10 words on them, the Decalogue. And what what about the manna? Did they obey with the manna? No, no, no. God said, don't go out and gather it and try to store it up. You've got to go every morning and gather it every morning because it is daily sustenance. And I want you to understand that you're trusting me daily for sustenance, for bread. This is why Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Every day we have to trust God because we have storehouses. We think that we can go without God for a day, for two days, for three days, for a week, for a month, for a season. No, we need God every moment of our, every second and nanosecond of our life. We could not exist without him. And so God said, I want you to go every morning. The rod that budded, that almond branch that budded, there was a dead, lifeless piece of wood, and God caused it to sprout and to blossom and to bloom and to produce olives overnight to show that the people were in rebellion against the God-ordained authority. All of those elements that were in that ark were evidences of God's goodness and man's rebellion. And so what did God do? He covered it so he could meet with man. He put a lid on it. Aren't you glad God put a lid to cover what we did with his goodness toward us? That covering, what we call a mercy seat, is called in the Greek text a hilasterion. But the offering that was put on that is the halazmas. Now let's go back. He says, when you in life sin, as a child of God, you have an advocate. I have an advocate, a defense attorney. His name is Jesus. He is the Christos. He is the Messiah. He is the Mashiach. He is the anointed one. 
and he is totally righteous, the righteous one. And he stands in, and when the enemy of our souls accuses us, he says, I object. I died to pay the penalty for that. I am the Hilosmos, and, and I put my Hilosmos on the Hilosterion. I have fulfilled every type and every symbol that my father gave for the people and the children of Israel to understand how to come unto him. I am the righteous one, and I have given that for them. And it says, he himself, not another, not an assigned one, he himself is the halosmos for our harmartia, for our sins, for our shortcomings, for our rebellion, for our mocking, our ridicule, our twisting and distorting, our guilt, our shame. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. You can't get away from that from the whole world. Jesus died, and his blood is sufficient to save the whole world. You say, well, wait just a minute. No, it is only efficacious for those who come to him. In other words, it's only applied to those who come to him in repentance. You see, you can have a lifeboat right beside of you and drown in the water if you refuse to be rescued. May God grant you wisdom. And may you turn to Jesus with everything that's within you. You say, well, I'm already saved. This is not for me. No, this is a word for you and a caution for you. Walk in the light that he is in. He is the light. Walk in the way of Jesus. If you say that you want to do what God wants you to do, that you're a child of God, but you're living in rebellion against him, you better check yourself. Because God says those who experience the cleansing blood and have a sense of it and a knowledge of it are those who are walking in fellowship with me. That is why when you walk in rebellion against God, you get a doubt as to whether you've ever been saved. Why? Because there is a great credibility gap between what you say and what you do. Let's get our walk and talk together. For On The Way, this is Tony Chris. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.